0: He left me a message not too long ago, and I saved it on my phone. Oh, stop it! You stop it right I now. Are you about are you hearing... to play a
1: voicemail from Sam Elliott? Oh,
0: yeah. So here's the voicemail. <laughs> oh
1: my God! Um, this is amazing.
0: <laughs> from Sam, when he and I sort of reunited after a while. Hang on, let me pull it back to the beginning.
2: How can it be that my little girl has grown so far since I've last seen her? Like Sam, Rebecca. It was incredible
0: hearing your voice, I was out of town, I picked up a message. Well, then, he, then he goes on about some personal stuff, but he called me his little girl all grown up, so I had to I had to save it. But yeah, I mean, he he and I, our off-screen relationship really did reflect, you know, on-screen, what, what people saw. We oh, really that's did. amazing.
2: Yeah.
1: Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. Our mission is to take you on a most excellent adventure through time. Buzz in the Tower is so much more than a podcast. It's the map to One-Eyed Willie's treasure, and all you have to do is sit back, listen, and repeat after me. Klatu barata. <coughs> Buzz in the Tower answers the questions you didn't even know you had. Like who would win in a fight, John Rambo or Hans Gruber? Or who is dreamier, Jake Ryan or Marty McFly? So as we rank, debate, and offer fresh takes of the best of the best from 80s cinema, please remember, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and listen to a podcast once in a while, you could miss it. Don't forget to subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. For bonus content, you can find us on all social media channels by searching our handle at Buzzin' the Tower. For more podcasts, information, or to contact us with topics you'd like us to talk about, visit our website, buzzinthetower.com. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, thetower.com. Buzz in the Tower is brought to you by Verde Media max i couldn't be happier with the way our website looks so good yeah if you haven't had a chance to take a look at our website yet you need to right away these guys website development online marketing they are outstanding am i exaggerating at all
2: it is so choice if you have the means i highly recommend
1: having them build you one I love it. I love it. Um, look, they're the best of the best, and working with John, uh, their owner, a self-admitted '80s martial arts movie nerd, was an absolute joy. Is that why you said best of the best? That is why I said. Yeah. That was a tip of the hat to John. Um, they're more than our sponsor; they're our partner. And if you are looking to build a website, they are the group to go to. Uh, find their link on our website and check them out, Verde Media. Today's episode, Prancer, with special guest Rebecca Tickel. You know dancer and prancer. Wait, stop right there. Sam Elliott, Cloris Leachman, and Rebecca Tickel are seasonally responsible for making me cry and believe in Santa. Prancer, by all accounts, is a Christmas classic. And today on Buzz in the Tower, we have the absolute honor of hanging out with Jesse Riggs herself, Rebecca Tickel. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy a trip down Three Oaks, Michigan Lane. I'm Mo Shapiro, and joining me as always, the Carol Weatherby to my Jesse Riggs, Max Sanders. And with that, he's magical, Carol. You're going to cry today. You shut your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to leak. I, Understandably so. This This is so exciting. This movie.
2: Back it
1: up. Wait, we're not not on just about the movie. This movie. Yeah, I know. This movie, Max. First of all, I'm even nervous doing the intro because until a celebrity actually shows up. <laughs> you have this weird thing. I'm convinced that they're going to blow us off. I think they're psyched. We talked with Rebecca. We've met Rebecca via Zoom. She seems excited. She's coming on in like two minutes. So Her we, voice we got, is still the same. It she, freaks me out. She is intelligent. She's beautiful. She's Jessica Riggs. She's Jesse Riggs. Yeah, she grew up. to It's be, unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Max, let's get all of the stuff we need to get out of the way so we can jump into this. So number Santa one. Santa real. Real. Yeah. Big time. We're wearing uh, tonight for the show, because we'll have a little bit of Zoom that we can show people. We're, of course, sporting our 80s tees.com t-shirts. Woo, jelly of the month. And I'm wearing my Transformers Dinobot Father's Day shirt, Grimlock Strong. (laughs) And I love that shirt. Uh, Go to our TikTok page, subscribe, follow, share, whatever the terms are. Max knows it better than me. Be entered to win a $50 gift card. Max announcement time. Are you ready for an announcement? Yes. Yes. Give me a drum roll
2: but uh, don't uh, we have uh, one let's see we got some sound effects let's see which one's the drum
1: roll (follow) we have a patreon we do yeah we have a patreon so here's the deal we have amazing fans and people reach out to us all the time and they're like how can we support you guys and we tell people all the time follow us like us subscribe social media yeah yeah now you can actually pay Mo and Max for what they do. So the way the Patreon works, you're going to go to www.patreon.com slash buzz the tower. Makes sense. Surprise, surprise. There are three levels you can enter at. You can be Goose, you can be Iceman, or if you're a big spender, <laughs> Maverick. I'm not going to dive too much into all of the ins and outs. I will tell you right now. Take a look. You'll see what the different levels of support get you. It's everything from shout outs on the show, behind the scenes, video and audio, ability to vote on different topics we're going to cover, a little bit of everything. Max, it's exciting. It's just a way for our fans to show us appreciation, and for you and I to keep rolling around in that good old buzzing the tower dough. <laughs> Eventually, there'll be a viper section where you can get your name tattooed on me. Yes, for ten thousand dollars. Is that what it Oh my god, my Max. whole back. Okay, I, Max. As yeah. usual, you've <laughs> taken things too far. I need you to I'm get dangerous. all get all the weird out of your system before our guest comes on the show. Uh, Val Kilmer. Okay, Is I think, uh, the, great. And also, you know what I'm going to do right now? Because I know we're going to forget it if I don't do it right now. What? Should we just hop into our commercial? No, you know what? We'll do the commercial later, but it's going to be, <laughs> I know we're going to forget. So just a forewarning, you may be listening to the interview and like out of nowhere hear a commercial and it's because Max won't remember to cut for a commercial break. Remember what? That's the problem when you're interviewing Jesse Riggs. Woo! I believe. Dude, she's going to tell us stories. We're going to know about Sam Elliott. You realize both our interviews are about belief? (sighs) Tim Capella believes. I still believe. (laughs) Jessica Riggs believes. Max, on that note, uh, I think I see her in the waiting room. She's here. (laughs) She's here. (laughs) All right, collect ourselves and let's hop into the interview. Max, welcome to a very, very special holiday episode. You know how I feel about one particular movie from the 1980s called Prancer and... Boy, oh boy! I've been uh, this is big for me. I've waited my whole life to say these words. Are you gonna cry already? I, I'm, I'm not. I'm gonna try to hold it together. Uh, I'm already. gonna be alright. Yeah. I'm gonna be okay. I wanna, <laughs> I wanna welcome on behalf of Max Mo and Buzz in the Tower Rebecca Tekel to our Prancer special. We'll call it the Prancer special. Yeah, um, Rebecca, who played the infamous Jesse Riggs. Not infamous. In- that's bad. Oh yeah, that's right. How about the holiday That's saving the spirit of christmas herself the plucky schemer yeah, jesse riggs <laughs> and uh rebecca before i go an inch further thank you so much for joining max and i
0: oh it's such a pleasure to be here and to be with you guys what a great thing to do this time of year
1: well i can die now max are you good
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: i think i'm good good yeah. excellent uh Rebecca, we have a tendency to go off on tangents. That's kind of our thing. We literally go hard right, hard left, up, down. So before I accidentally do that, we're going to talk a lot about Prancer and we're going to talk a lot about you and what brought you to Prancer. But I wanted to give you a couple minutes because you're one of those people who not only is really talented and not only is really nice and kind. And I say that because we've already had a pre kind of meeting with you and you're just so sweet. But you also do that thing that Max and I don't do, which is you make the world a better place. And I'd love for you to talk about the work that you're currently doing and just point our fans in the direction of some of the more meaningful items that you've been tackling. And the list is long. I'm not gonna I'll butcher it if I try to do it. So <laughs> the floor is yours before I totally fanboy out for the next 45 minutes talking about Prancer.
0: Oh thank you Mo and Max. It's such a great honor to be here on your show. And um you know honestly the truth is when I did Prancer and I got such tremendous feedback from people about how it changed their life and how it touched them so deeply, I really saw the power that film has to change the world. And I wanted to do more of that. I I wanted to touch people's lives. And I certainly know how I get transformed when I watch a good movie. And so I wanted to do that as an adult, make movies that really were about using the magic of film to to heal the world. And I came out to Hollywood as a young adult and I was basically cast as like a victim or eye candy in a bunch of horror movies. And it was not what I had signed up for. I I literally was filming a sci-fi horror movie um, where I played a succubus and a Clive. Barker horror movie. And I'm not going to tell you what it was called because I don't want anyone to go out there and watch it. (laughs) But I was on the floor of the basement floor of a monastery giving birth to a giant like squid covered in goo. And this was like back in the early 2000s when they used like puppeteers instead of CGI for everything. And I had like full eye contact and it was just horrible. And I remember thinking to myself as they're talking about getting me a diaper because they didn't want me to get up to use the bathroom. I remember thinking to myself, it's time for a career change. I will never forget the kind of outpouring of love and the the difference that Prancer had made in people's lives. And so I decided that I was going to start making movies that were hopeful and that were impactful and made a difference. And so one of the things I'm really passionate about is taking care of our planet. And um, I grew up in nature, just like Jesse. I spent a lot of time outside in the cold. And I mean, you have
1: an avocado farm, which is kind of incredible. (laughs) I just just so people know that, like, is pretty incredible to me.
0: (laughs) It's true. I when I'm not, you know, working. I'm out there barefoot picking avocados and chasing my chickens around and, you know, trying to. To grow, restore our land here where we live. Um, But my husband Josh Tekel and I—he—he he was actually the Veggie Van guy. He was somebody that helped to jumpstart the biodiesel movement in the U.S. back in the '90s. Um, after he grew up in Cancer Alley in Louisiana and saw the impacts of oil and pollution there, so he and I teamed up back in 2006, and we made our first documentary together called Fuel. You can see if you're watching, you can see the yep. poster behind me. But I'm in—I'm in my office, and there's movie posters up behind me, and. And um, that won the audience award at Sundance back in 2008. And then we went on to make a movie about the BP oil spill in Louisiana. That movie was called The Big Fix. And that talked about the environmental impact that that oil spill had. Um, So anyway, we've made 15 films. That's incredible. Our most recent film that came out last year is called Kiss the Ground, and that's narrated by Woody Harrelson, and it's on Netflix. And I think our media impressions reached over a billion people within the first 90 days the film came out. But really, that film is about how we can regenerate our planet, how we can take all that extra carbon that we've put up in the atmosphere and how we can put that back down in the ground where it belongs. And in the process, create healthy soil where we can grow healthy food that nourishes our body and. Store water that we desperately need to regulate, not just having these crazy storms everywhere, but there's a way to balance our ecosystem. And it really is through soil health. So I definitely invite um, any Prancer fan out there to go and watch Kiss the Ground. It's a film I wrote, directed, and produced. And um, I think you'll see a lot of my character, Jessica Riggs's passion coming through the screen on so, that
1: film. So to relay that to our Buzz in the Tower fans, if you don't check out this film, you're <laughs> you're literally selling Prancer to that to that farm for people to look at and breaking the heart of Jessica Riggs. Is that is that is that safe to say?
0: Don't break my heart. Don't break your heart. It don't do that to her. Bucks. Yeah, it's just LA for two hundred bucks.
1: Right? For nothing more than two hundred bucks. Hey, an eighty nine. That's something. That's not a lot. So, it's like so Max and I Max and I are such uh believers in recycling that we spend all of our time recycling 80s movies and that is literally what we do <laughs> on the show so no I mean uh, truthfully if you had asked me if I'd never met you never done my research and you said how do you think Jessica Riggs turned out I would be like strong-minded trying to save the world so it it is very much in line with that character who I assume to a great degree there's not a big difference between the two of you other than I hope I hope that you didn't have a dad like uh <laughs> like like Je- that Jesse did in the movie but we'll he talk about that he, he turned, turned it around he did turn it around he, I <laughs> It's fair.
0: I'm very much like Jesse. I, I remember uh, a review came out about Prancer where Roger Ebert called my character a plucky schemer, always working an angle. And so my husband, when he read that, he could not stop laughing. And now he calls me a plucky schemer. Oh, always that's working that's an angle. That's great. Because that's totally me. So
1: the same. <laughs> it's interesting because like one of the things that he said in that review also, and I love this, this sums up when people ask me why I'm obsessed with the movie Prancer. Mm. Um, the best thing about Prancer is that it doesn't insult anyone's intelligence. Smaller kids with will identify Jessica's fierce resolve to get Prancer back into action and older viewers will appreciate the fact that the movie takes place in an approximation of the real world. And I'm a huge Jim Henson fan. Max and I talk about this all the time, like the Muppets, the Lairprends, relentlessly, so. relentlessly, yeah. But in large part, that type of It's not Teletubbies. It's not, you know, it's a real movie with real range and real emotion, but it also could appeal. Like I have young children and when we watch Prancer, they loved it. And then they're wondering why their father is crying and his lips are shaking, but there's two sides to (laughs) the movie. So for any lunatic who hasn't watched Prancer, who hasn't had the pleasure of watching this movie, uh, a farm girl nurses a wounded reindeer she believes is one of Santa's, hoping to bring it back to health in time for Christmas. Her holiday spirit inspires those around her, Something her dishearted father is having trouble understanding. This movie was released in 1989, Max. Yeah. Only two Christmas movies that year. That? This in National Lampoons. Oh, that's a rough so, one to go up against. National no, those Lampoons are two great ones. They're great ones yeah. but National Lampoons. Different vibes. Uh directed by <laughs> directed by John Hancock, uh written by Greg Taylor, who also wrote both the Jumanji films. Right. So he's got and some Harry chops. The spy. Yep. There you go. Uh we've got Sam Elliott as your father, John Riggs. We've got John Duda as Steve Riggs, your brother. Rebecca Takel, obviously, is Jesse Riggs, the single greatest character in any 80s oh. holiday film ever made. Uh, can I
0: take you around with me to talk to people? Well, the
1: answer is yes. Max already asked me if I was going to leave my wife for you. And I said, it's really up to Rebecca. I, it's you and Elizabeth Shue are in a neck and neck run with me as far I've as doing her, it. So.
0: Actually, you oh, and my, my husband God. can duel it out. It'll be great. To I, watch.
1: Well, he'll probably win if he won. If he got you, he's probably already better than I am. I'm just good at being silly. That's about all my skill set is. And then Abe Vigoda as Dr. Benton, Ariana Richards as Carol Weatherby and, uh, Johnny Galecki, uh, which it's so funny people forget. Additionally, not just in this, but in National Lampoon's uh, Christmas Vacation as well. And uh, if you don't know who that is, that's from uh, God. What's the Big Bang Theory? Yeah. It took me a minute to think it's about rusty. it. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. And then uh, Cloris Leachman, who I, I, I thought I, you were gonna forget that. I wasn't gonna forget that. was like the was, worst <laughs> wig ever? By no, Miss McFarland, <laughs> she was fantastic in this movie. Her hair looks ridiculous. um It <laughs> does. Was yeah. It was a wig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this movie is set in Three Oaks, Michigan, so it's basically our birthright to talk about it as being in Michigan. <laughs> as we are doesn't exist in real life I no looked it, up. it doesn't I, i've looked for it i'll go try to find it one day so rebecca
2: that.
1: yeah right she's probably like yeah. okay these guys are really pretty into this so uh, giving <laughs> giving let's let's start at the beginning tell me how you arrived at the movie Prancer.
0: I was a trash tramp in a, my Christmas or my, my uh, elementary school play. We did a play called Dungaree World and I was in second grade and I just came out for one tiny little bit and I threw trash at the audience. But apparently I wasn't bad. And this um, singing teacher from New York, I, I was in Vermont at the time and the singing teacher that was pretty well known was in the audience and he saw me performing and he just said I had an incredible stage presence and I my mom should take me to New York and I should audition to do jingles for commercials and so my mom having had uh, her own unique history in show business um she you know that song don't pull your love out on the baby yeah that was actually written by my mom's first oh that's wild about my mom's bad temper actually so (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's great. Um, So she was like,
0: okay, took me to New York and I got an agent to audition for Jingles. But then we never heard from her until a year later. I was eight. And that was 19, that was 1989. And um, I went down for an open call for they were looking for someone to star in this Christmas movie Prancer. And so I will never forget going down to New York, crossing over the Washington Bridge, just like the excitement of like seeing all the lights of the city and going into the city. And um, the, the hallway filled with kids, you know, all auditioning for this part. I mean, they auditioned hundreds Mm -hmm. of girls for this part. And, um, and I remember when I read the script with my mom, I remember I cried. I remember just like something in me knew that this was me, that this was for me. I just, I felt it in my bones when I read the script. And actually that was my, really my first time reading because I was pretty dyslexic as a kid. And I was able to read that script. And that was pretty much the first thing I had read wow. when I was eight years old. And um, and I went in and I auditioned and then they called me back. They are like, don't go back to Vermont, stay. And then they called me back the next day. And then I went in again. And I think three or four times they called me back until finally the director and the producer were there. And it was down to me and just a handful of other girls. And so I went in and did the, the final audition with them. And then they had me come back and it was me Ariana Richards, who ended up playing Carol Weatherby and um, Abby, Gabby Hoffman, Abby Hoffman's daughter, all down to the final final three for the role of Jesse. And we did um, we did a a screen test. And then um, I remember I think it might have been with Sam.
1: Actually oh noticed. man, Sam Elliott, the old double deuce. Like this is as if the movie itself and your performance isn't enough. The fact that you then sprinkle in Sam Elliott, the Max and I have an unhealthy obsession with him as Wade, <laughs> as Wade Garrett from Roadhouse. It gets talked about a lot on our show.
0: He is he is an amazing human being. He's but he's but he's also a method actor. So he was always in character when he and I interacted. Oh wow! Oh.
1: Was, it, was he always kind of frustrated with you then? That must have been yeah. Terrifying. Well, he,
0: he was very he was a bit
2: gruff. Yeah. You know? Oh wow. Was, yeah. Your um, your
1: guys chemistry is I mean I I joke I make all these jokes about how like this movie brings me to tears but the interactions that you have with him and like his his twist and his ability to move from kind of like I need to do what's best for you and get you out of the house to to the end of that movie I mean I I can't I can't even in prepping for the show watch the scenes without my eyes watering up and it's so believable you guys both have incredible chemistry with each other It reminds me of you and your oldest daughter I she's a spitfire is, do I have it right well. yeah. a little a little bit I'm not as gruff as he is but yes <laughs> uh, a little bit of a spitfire gruff right? <laughs> And then Ariana ended up going on to do, uh, for those that don't remember, Jurassic Park, which is, I think, like probably the most memorable role that I could think of on my head and for her at least. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Definitely. Yeah. The the directors ended up showing up at my doorstep in Vermont because the producer had worked with um, she had had a girl in the movie Dune that she had produced. Yes. The (laughs) mom was a little bit off her rocker. And so she didn't want to hire A girl whose mom was crazy again, and so she came to interview my parents to make sure that they weren't. Oh wow! To work with, I remember I fell asleep at the dinner table, and I woke up in the morning, and I was like, "Did I get it?" And my parents were like, "Yeah, you got
1: it." (laughs) Oh, that's so so great! That's great. Props to the parents, right? Yeah, yeah. Today they I'm sure they reminded off. you of that too. They're like, just don't forget we we, we played it cool and didn't act crazy. That would be like my kid's nightmare. It's like, Dad, pull it together, please, or I'm not gonna get this job. We held um, it
0: together for one night. So the one night is job. better than most
1: parents. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have held it together that well. So you get the role, and we talked a little bit about the relationship with Sam Elliott, but I'm trying to tee up these questions. But the reality is like I don't even know that I need to. Just I love hearing this. Like you, you well, show Goodson, up you like walk me through crazy. it. Yeah, tell me everything Listen. crazy about this movie because okay, I want to so know. Sam
0: Sam, he was gruff, but I loved him. You know, my own dad was really gruff. And so that wasn't an issue for me mm-hmm. um, at all. Um, but let's see. He left me a message not too long ago and I saved it on my phone. Oh, stop it. You stop it right I now. Are you are you about to play a
1: voicemail from Sam Elliott? Oh,
0: yeah. So here's the voicemail. <laughs> oh my God. Um, this is amazing. <laughs> from Sam when he and I sort of reunited after a while. Hang on. Let me pull it back to the beginning. How can it be
2: that my little girl has grown so far since I've last seen her at Sam Rebecca? It was incredible hearing your voice. I was
0: out of town. I picked up a message. Well then he then mind. he goes on about some personal stuff. But he called me his little girl all grown up. So I had to I had to save it. But yeah, I mean he he and I our off screen relationship really did reflect, you know. On screen, like what people saw. We oh, really that's did. Amazing.
1: Yeah. So just um, so just so you know. No, like when you guys were fighting in the car right. and all that. And I, I just get I'll, out. I'm just like, oh. I want to put this out there on behalf of Max and I. I will do whatever you need me to do to save <laughs> the environment. If you can get him to come on our show and talk about Roadhouse. I'm just putting it out there. I like if there is any like oil tycoon that you need me to go you know, take out. I, I'm willing to go whatever length is necessary. Max, tell me that you wouldn't feel the same way. We like, should do what she did and go cross country in a biodiesel car yeah. and podcast from every state. If that's what you need us to do, we will we will be your <laughs> minions. But I'm sorry. Back to Prancer. Back, that's amazing. Hearing his voice. I'll see well, what i what I can do. Oh, man. Oh, boy. So you get on set and, and what's set like life and walk us through it, you know?
0: Oh man, I actually got on set and I came down with laryngitis. And oh. so they had to do all of the scenes where I'm in bed first because I was actually all the scenes where you see me sick in bed. After, after
1: you fell after out the of the tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So we did all those scenes first. They redid the whole schedule. So we did some of the hardest stuff up front. And um, you know, Honestly, they did not follow the child labor laws at all. Like we worked from 5 a.m. and we would go until 2 or 3 in the morning sometimes. God, and I am wow. 8
1: years old. Wait, that's incredible. This is your first movie too, right?
0: It was. Yeah. It was my first professional anything. Yeah. And but I didn't, I mean, I loved it. I was just so happy to be there. Um, I mean, I really loved every second of it. I I loved doing the work. But the thing was, like, I had to learn a lot. And so if I wasn't believable, the director, John Hancock, he would make me run laps around the set. And oh, so God. part wow. of why you see like a part of the it's like sometimes I'm like really flushed. Yeah. And It's because I'd been running and he would make me run and I would come back and he'd be like, do another lap. And I would get so angry that sometimes I would come back in tears and he'd be like, roll camera. And then we would (laughs) do the scene and I would just be so emotionally
1: charged. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. Really frustrated. And so a lot of what you saw and then also every time we would do the scene, we'd do it like three or four times. As per the, the amazing script that Greg Taylor wrote. But then we would improvise the scenes. And so a lot of the things that you actually hear me saying when I mess up, that was just me improvising. Like when I tell Dr. Benton, a Pagoda, that he's going to go down in history for this, that was me messing up the oh line. I my was gosh. supposed to say, hist- I go, no, I'm supposed to say, you're going to go down in history for this. But what I said was, history is going to love you for this. Cause I, I, I notoriously still to this day butcher any type <laughs> of expression or phrase. <laughs> Or when I say like to Sam in the car, you know, like a million, two thousand, a hundred, and I'd like mess up all of the numbers. It's because that we were totally ad living. at
1: that point. Oh, that's great. That's so So great. So a
0: lot of it was just improvised. And that's also part of what brought out a lot of the sort of the real flavor that you get from the film.
1: So hearing you say this now, it makes perfect sense. I thought, again, I'm trying to look at this through the lens of, you know, first we're fans, but then secondly, we try to see things through a critical eye. And one of the things I think is incredible. And now that you told me about how you were sick in the reverse order, you have this glow and this energy throughout the entire movie. And then obviously that gets knocked out of you when you fall out of the tree and it's very believable and you are, you're not overacting. And now knowing that you were sick, I totally get the, the little zap of energy that you had and the Abe Vigoda scene. When you, when you look at him and you start talking about how doctors lie and that's what they told you about your mom, that is, I have four trigger scenes. Just so you know, that's one of my trigger scenes. Really? Yeah, that is for sure. Because I just, I, (laughs) I've told Max knows this, like my mom passed away when I was in my early twenties and uh, the, the mental reconciliation of, not trusting doctors because, you know, this character had lost her mom and here's this animal doctor and you're kind of transferring that to him. It just, I don't know. It just strikes me in this way where I'm like, well, here we go. Now I got to watch this and start tearing up again. But what was it like to work with him? He, he seems like the favorite grandfather that everybody ever had, right?
0: You know, he was, what's interesting now in hindsight, like both all, um, Cloris, Abe, Sam, they're all method actors. So uh, yeah. wow. Um, you know, Abe, sometimes like when we were walking around out, we were outside the, uh, the cage where Prancer was in the cage and he would do things to make me laugh, like walk in slow motion. Like they'd be like, okay, do it half speed for the focus, for the focus puller. Mm -hmm. And so he would go in slow motion and like, and make me laugh. But in that scene and that you see in the barn and then with me, um, hanging on to the car, um, he was kind of, he was frustrated with me and he let me know it. And so we were actually having, we were engaged in like a real struggle in real life off camera as well as on camera. and so you and that really shows up in the scene I think I think the director and John Hancock, I love him like I've been in three of his films um but I think that he just really encouraged them to be re- in real life with me the way that the characters would be so that I would have this really authentic relationship with them on camera. and that was okay with me like I mean I was confused by why these people were so rude sometimes yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But that shows up in the way that I am interacting with them on camera. I mean, it was very real.
1: That's incredible. I mean, it's I guess you and I, maybe Max, we take for granted the fact that because I'm just thinking of my own children. You're eight years old. I have kids at that age. And to try to solicit emotional responses from them, it has to be authentic. They can they can read BS pretty well. Like if and so I guess it makes sense, the method acting triggering that. But I would have freaked out. You'd freak out now (laughs) at your current age. Sam Elliott being mad at me. (laughs) Oh, my God. <laughs>
0: oh God! You know, actually, when I'm standing with him, um, he's holding me in the window and we're looking down at the Christmas carolers yep, at yep. the end. Um, I'm supposed to laugh at something that he says. And I remember we did the rehearsal. And after we did the rehearsal, he looked and he goes, that was terrible. He's oh, like,
2: my God. He's
0: like, you can't laugh like that. That was uh, really bad. Like, okay. <laughs> I guess I'll do it better next time. You know, like everybody was really pulling from me to... Do a good job in that role.
1: Max, remember when I said at the beginning that we would forget to record a interruption? Yeah. Well, we did forget. <laughs> so we had to wait until she left and Her then record so this. so good. Just stay tuned. There's even more stories to come that we already know about because we had to travel in a time machine to come back and leave this message for our sponsors. Enjoy. Buzz in the Tower is brought to you by Capsiva Pain Relieving Gel. And I can tell you that if you're sitting at a table across from a guy who has to go to the bathroom every 25 minutes, you're going to get arthritis. You're going to get muscle soreness, psoriasis. Um, Capsiva is all natural. It's okay. (laughs) Capsiva is all natural and designed to increase blood flow for the healing and pain relief process. Uh, Try it for free at capsiva.com. That's C-A-P-S-I-V-A.com. And, uh, you know, Max, I'm an old man and I need this kind of stuff. It works. is It's, it's great stuff. Yeah. It's like Wilford Brimley and Cocoon. You know what I mean? It's You feel revitalized. It, that's exactly what it's like. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Lindsay Larrabee Photography. Uh, if you have checked out our website, hopefully you have, you've seen the amazing photos that were put up there. Lindsay, so good. Yeah. Lindsay and her team did all of those. She teased my hair. She was, she was fun to work with, uh, just made the whole experience really exciting for us. She has been taking photos of families, children, and smiles in Metro Detroit since 2017. Um, she loves what she does and it shows. She works with her clients, catches everything in the moment, and adores watching the connections and relationships unfold in front of her lens. If you mention Buzz in the Tower, you get $25 off any family session in 2021. You can find Lindsay on our website under our sponsors page. Uh, check her up and get some work done. She is fantastic. Yeah, she made us look good. She make anyone look good. And now we are done with that. We can get back to the best interview ever. So, did you have any sense? The again, this is kind of tough, but I'm curious. So, the movie wraps. Did you or anybody there have any sense of wow? Like this is something. Movies get made all the time, and commercial success up or down. And aside, this is this is a classic. I always wonder if people who are on classics have a sense when it ends that they created a classic. Or for you, was it just? a continuation of the ride. We'll see where it goes. Did anybody there have a sense like, wow, we, oh, I we knew. did something.
0: I knew we had done, I knew it was magic. I really did. I really believed that I loved the story. It was such an incredible experience for me. Um, I, and I remember they sent us a, a VHS of the, the film before it came out so that we could watch it. And I remember we put it in and we all sat down in my grandmother's room and we watched it together. And I remember just, I remember I, I, it wasn't me that I was seeing. I got so you know engrossed in the story, and I remember I cried watching the film. And um, yeah, no, it was it was definitely something that set me on my life's course. And I knew every second. Like I think I devoted myself to it, and I didn't mind the hours. I remember when I was um, supposed to open the door. I'm with Carol, and I'm about to show her the prancer for the first time. And we kept doing that scene over and over and over again because it was 42 degrees below zero. Oh, oh my and God. My character was supposed to be poor and her character had more money. So mm-hmm. she had a nice jacket. She had nice mittens. She had warmer clothes, but I had really not, I didn't have great clothes. And so I remember I couldn't open the gate, the door, I couldn't get the latch open and we had to keep doing it over and over and over. And I remember I frustrated John so much, but I couldn't feel my fingers, Ugh. you know? And I, I didn't, I just wanted it to be great. I didn't care. I just wanted, I, I would have you know, we stayed up all night, some nights doing scenes and I was right there and I didn't complain because I want, well, I did get mad at John when he would make me run around. But,
1: <laughs> the um, running is great. I'm going to start yeah. doing that with you, Max. When I'm like, what's going on? i like, take a lap. By the way, I don't know what you say about her clothes. I love the yellow coat. I was actually going to ask if you have that yellow coat still. <laughs> uh, it's like uh, bright and unique. It. It's
0: hanging in my closet. Shut I'm up. Okay. Yeah, no way. Oh
1: yeah. my God. Yeah. That's incredible. It's so Jesse. It's just loud and yellow and in your face and the, positive. The, the most, the most Jesse thing in the world in the whole movie. What? It, is, is the beginning when the you're singing, you're singing yeah. and the teacher says <laughs> half the class stops singing and then half singing. And you just have this little girl who's beaming with the Christmas spirit and is just, it sets the tone for the entire movie. It's great.
0: You know, I'm actually a good singer, and so <laughs> they made me, like, sing off-key and really loudly, and so my whole life, people think that I'm a terrible singer, but I actually am not. I'm not bad. Oh,
1: that's singing. great. That's like, I wow. Acted,
0: that was called acting. I, yeah.
1: you, you killed it, obviously. Someone is that good of a singer to sound that terrible. That's serious chops right there. That's is that great. what you're doing all the time, Mo? That's when you're always... I, I'm a much better singer than you would think. Absolutely. <laughs> I sing quite a bit on the show. I'm not sure why. I think it dates back to some karaoke incidents that I'm, I've had. I'm tone-deaf, so... Max. Is a serious off. ailment. He is yeah. really toned. Like we can even, do some yeah.
0: karaoke. I used to be a karaoke hostess, so I'm like totally down with that. When oh I came God. out to amazing.
1: LA, that's amazing. What's your yeah. go-to karaoke song?
0: Oh gosh, maybe these boots are made for walking. That's a good yeah, one. That's awesome. awesome. That's
1: a good one. But <laughs> the, the the correct answer is always "Don't Stop Believing" by Journey. Just so, just so we're that's all clear. Five hundred miles. I like that. That's one. a good some one yeah. too. <laughs> so along those lines of of uh, your favorites, taking a quick step away from Prancer, but don't worry, we're coming back. As a child of the 80s and we're an 80s podcast, what are some of your favorite 80s things? When I say 80s things, I don't want to keep you just on 80s movies, cartoons, TV shows, music. What about that era? Because that's part of what's great about Prancer, too, is that it is timeless, but it also stinks of the 80s. Like, it's got all the things that I love about the 80s in it, everything from kind of the characters to the the clothes, the jacket, like Max is saying. So what are some of your favorite 80s things?
0: Oh, gosh. Well, you know, I had to really think about you had mentioned that you were going to ask me about my favorite 80s movies. And so I had to really think about it because, you know, I grew up in Vermont and pretty in a pretty rural area. And so I didn't really I was sort of limited to what I could watch on VHS. Um, But gosh, remember the dial tone? Like we don't even have a dial tone anymore. Absolutely. I mean, I kind of missed the dial. My my son picked up like a house phone. He was like, Mom, what is that sound on the phone? I'm like, that's called a dial tone. (laughs) And actually, my voice often will trigger the phones like for some reason, like I'll just it'll just like hang up when I'm leaving a voice message for someone or it'll like ask me to re-record. like it triggers these weird signals in the phone. So I really miss the old fashioned phones where it wouldn't hang up on me and you actually had to know a person's telephone number to dial them. Oh, these old things that our kids will never know. Right. (laughs) In terms of movies, I mean, honestly, I think my favorite was Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's a very Uh, solid pick. And The Breakfast Club, and of course The Princess Bride, um, Back to the Future, right? I actually got to go to the Back to the Future 2 premiere with Raffaella De Laurentiis, and I met Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito, Donald Trump. Um, just, it was like, I remember it was on the universal lot. It was so, it was like, I remember my eyes were like giant golf balls. Oh the my whole gosh.
1: Time. That's wild. That had to be it. the biggest premiere of that year. Probably. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was,
0: they closed down all of universal studios or at least the lot. And the whole thing was taken over with this big movie premiere, but back to movies. I mean, do you want to know the truth? What my real favorite 80s movie uh, yes, is? Yes,
1: <laughs> absolutely. Dude, <laughs> it's Dune, right? Like my
0: mom <laughs> banned me from watching this cause I watched it so Oh, long I'm, long
1: excited. I'm excited. I'm <laughs> excited.
0: And I think still to this day, it actually is one of my favorite movies. Dirty Dancing. Oh, yes. uh,
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Come on. Johnny, Baby. I mean. uh,
0: Nobody puts Baby in the corner. Mm -hmm. Of course. Of course.
1: Jesse Riggs loves Dirty Dancing. This makes perfect sense to me, right? You go from saving Christmas to saving the the, the poor dancer that got knocked up to saving the environment. These are like the lucky Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Absolutely. Throw, Throw like. Throw Shira in there and a couple classic, you know, empowered purple '80s cartoons. Rain. Oh, oh yeah. Max loves Purple Rain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't like it. I just, don't. It's not that I don't like it. I just don't love it. But you just hate Prince. And I don't music hate Prince. And joy in purple. You stop it the right big, now. The big
0: chill. That was oh, that's one. a great oh, yeah. one.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And then of
0: course, Steel Magnolias. Like you know, I like still makes a me
1: sob. Yeah. Form. If you can't tell, Max and I are overly emotional as it is. So we, we try. <laughs> we try to like limit it to things that don't make. It. We did uh We did an episode about Mother's Day, and we talked about our favorite Mother's Day films. And and it was just, it was very difficult for the two of us. It to was get rivers through. of tears. Yeah, yeah, We were just terms of giant. endearment kind of just push it up. Terms of endearment oh, is, that is that that will kneecap you. If you, I think like a good test to see if someone's a sociopath is put them in front of terms of endearment. And if they don't cry, lock them up, lock them up right away. Oh,
0: seriously. Yeah. I'm like a puddle with Emily. Actually, do you want to hear another crazy secret? Yes. yes. Um, We, you know, where I grew up in Vermont, because Prancer, we had this sort of a big premiere in Burlington, and the senator came, and uh, the mayor, and then the movie theater gave us free passes to go see movies. And so my mom was like, she, but she couldn't get in without me. So she took me to see, like, all of these totally inappropriate films. Like, we went to see Born on the 4th of July. Oh, my God. The theater. But the one where she took me to see that, like, forever scarred me was um oh gosh um oh, with Laura Dern and Diane Ladd and she plays her mom Blue Velvet? Like super, is it no no let's not blue velvet it's like way dark and she like smears the lipstick all over her face um oh it's God. a David Lynch yeah. film wild at heart wild my mom heart. took me to see that in the movie theater which is like totally not you know <laughs> well like anything R-rated David Lynch movie. yeah and so the funny thing, and I remember like I halfway through the movie, I was like, Mom, this is totally inappropriate. And I like went out and like I went <laughs> to the bathroom. and I didn't come back in the theater. But the funny thing is now Diane Ladd and Laura Dern are my friends. No way. And so I told Diane, I'm like, Diane, you know, when I was little, my mom took me to see this. She's like, oh, bless you, my poor <laughs> child. And she's like, I live in Ojai, California, and she lives in Ojai. She's like, she's like my Ojai mom now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of feel like somehow because I saw in the theater, I like manifested them in my life and i
2: don't know well
1: and so this actually segues perfectly into one of the things i'm curious about and i know you've got some beautiful children if you want to give them a a quick shout out Uh, i think two correct
0: yep i have a four-year-old jedi and my daughter is (laughs) athena she's seven
1: so my childhood one of my childhood best friends uh max you know brian right yeah so uh, his last name's Hunter and his son is Jedi, but they call him Jedi Hunter, which I think is just about as cool of a name as you can give a child. It's, uh, <laughs> it's certainly better than what Mo stands for. I can tell you that right now. So I, I would love to know, have they seen Prancer and what is kind of like, what's that like, right? Do they grasp what mom and dad do? Because I know on the other films you work on, I just wonder if the content is a little bit out of reach for them, whereas Prancer is probably more, you know, in reach for them.
0: You know, actually, on my Instagram page, there's a photo of me showing them the film for the first time. And um, they, they kept looking at me and then looking at the screen. And they're like, <laughs> Mommy, why was your dad so mean? Like, they couldn't understand why he was so mean. I'm like, well, that wasn't my real dad. And because we make movies, they understand like what they're watching is like they understand that they're not real because we do a lot of animation and we do like and they're on the set with us all the time in fact my daughter is even in a film that you can watch online for free it's called the earthing movie um and that's sort of about our our process of her being sick when she was little and how we healed her it's a really beautiful film and so they get it they're in front of the camera all the time and in fact all of the movies that we make they kind of feel like their movies. They feel a sense of ownership of it. So, oh, that's cool. They know that it's not real, but Family they were business. like, but mom, what, like, was a reindeer real? Like, they couldn't understand that, like, you of course said cool.
1: yes. The movie wasn't real, <laughs> yeah. but just so we're clear well, the was reindeer real. was. Yeah, boo, was boo. really are right? reindeer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, actually, this is a funny story because I was on the Today Show promoting Prancer, and Deborah Norville was hosting the Today Show at that time. This was back in 1989, and she was talking down to me i was like holding on to this like reindeer that wasn't boo the pregnant female reindeer that actually played prancer and they had a pregnant female reindeer because female reindeer will keep their antlers longer than a regular reindeer and so we the and actually she lost her antlers the day after we stopped filming
1: oh no that's wild
0: but so i was on the show and i think it was like actually like a a caribou or something it wasn't even a real reindeer (laughs) And I'm like, was a horse. holding this wild animal. <laughs> and Deborah's asking me questions like, oh, like Prancer, did you get to meet Santa Claus? And did you get to ride on Prancer's back? And I'm like holding this reindeer. And I remember I was getting really annoyed <laughs> with her and her questions and this deer that was like out of control. And I finally look at her and I'm like, you know, Prancer is not just like a kitty movie. It's about, it's a real movie. Oh, I
1: love it. I got to find that clip. That's incredible. <laughs> I'll, find it, I'll post it on our TikTok. We're going to find that clip for yeah. sure.
0: And I was so worried that my mom was going to be mad at me because I kind of schooled her a little bit in the interview. And my mom was like, you did so good. She was so proud of me that I kind of stood up for the movie and said that it was, you know, a, a real film that not just, not just for kids, but for adults too.
1: That's awesome. All right. So we've got a couple more things planned. I mean, here's the thing. I have to be conscious of the time or we'll keep you here for two days. And I I think that's not probably fair to your family. So one thing that Max and I were real excited that you agreed to, shocked and excited you agreed to. This is more your thing. This is definitely my thing is what we like to call the Buzz in the tower scene reenactment. We're going to be recreating one of, I think, the one of, I say the best scene. Every scene in this movie is the best scene to me. And Max accuses me of this all the time where I'm like, best scene, best scene. But I really love this scene. It's when Carol and Jesse are kind of discussing a big... Topic of discussion for eight nine year olds, right? Theology. is is Santa real? Is Santa not real? I won't share anymore. I'll just hop into character now. If you don't mind, I'm just gonna I'm gonna put my wig on. It's my it's my Carol wig because I think that'll help you get into into scenes. So just give me one second here.
0: Not weird at all.
1: Did you tease? Not the, even a little bit weird. Did you tease the bangs? No, I'm the worst because I left the hairspray at home because I wanted to put the big bangs on it and I completely did not. <sighs> so shame on. Not
0: you. authentic.
1: Yeah, just- I love in the movie her mom has the serious bangs too. It's like a yeah, and actually
0: bang. they 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 kept coming back. She kept they kept bringing Carol's mom back, and John, the director, was like, "Higher, higher!" And they take <laughs> her back out, and she come back in, and be like, "No, we want. That. I want them as high as the girls that we see them all." It was really important to him. It makes it eighties. The bangs. Yeah. yeah,
1: I can't. I can't fix the bangs.
0: Oh, that's nice.
1: You yeah. kind of. You kind of look like. Monty Crew, five years out of their prime. No, Max. I
0: think you look lovely. What
1: I I look like like is Carol. (laughs) Just so we're clear, I'm Carol. Just like her. (laughs) And just so we're clear, I'm definitely not living a childhood fantasy right now. So this is just, we're doing this for the show. This certainly is not my dream to be in movies with my favorite actors and actresses. You look like Rebecca after she ran around. Nice. Right now, <laughs> right now, in Max's head, he's like, and this is where the show took a turn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, Max, why don't you why don't you say action when we're when we're ready and we'll hop into it. Three, two, no, action. you gotta do it's, it's the four, three. I don't know. i have so, never in Hollywood. This, I'm sorry, amateur hour. Fine, I'm just say action. We're here and with a quiet. profound actress. I'll and we need action. Get, all right, okay. Fire, okay, you say yeah. action.
0: And action.
1: The problem is, Jesse, I don't believe in Santa Claus anymore. What? I mean, think about it. How could one man climb down all the chimneys in the world in one night?
0: He's magical, Carol.
1: It doesn't make sense.
0: Well, Carol, not everything in the world can be explained.
1: I've never seen Santa Claus, and I've done a lot of looking.
0: You've never seen God either. Does that mean there's no God?
1: Well, how do we know about that for sure?
0: Because if there's no God, there's no heaven.
1: Well, maybe there isn't.
0: All right for you, Carol Weatherby. You're not my friend anymore.
1: What did I say?
0: That there was no heaven. So? What about my mother then?
1: Well, that was, uh, that was, that, was, that was, great. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I am just going to i just going
0: to i do not even. Oh, the light was in the, well. No, it was perfect. Oh, it was no. perfect. It was no.
1: the best. It was the best. <laughs> the light was, was, uh, was this North star and the angels were looking down on you. Mm-hmm. I'm so emotional yeah, I'm right gonna, now. This
0: right is right there. There's my mom. I right
1: thought there. that this was a good idea at first and now I don't think it was a good idea.
0: <laughs>
1: oh my gosh. That was amazing. Thank you so much for, uh, another bucket list item for me <laughs> off. So that's, that's fantastic. Oh my God, that was so guys. cool. Yeah. Oh
0: and it is. It's like, so it's like, these, these are questions that we're all dealing with, right? Like, oh. yeah. what about God? What is it is magic real? Like, we all want to believe that there's something beyond this life. I feel like, like Prancer does such a good job at like asking questions to adults as well as keeping the magic alive for kids.
1: Unrelated, you know? it's cool if I just I leave the wig on for the rest of the show, correct? Absolutely. Okay, good. I, mean, good. He, I just want to make sure. Me. It's it's, like- it's a classic. I mean, it's I, so it, there's not that many holiday movies in the 80s too. And the 80s is very like iconically like Christmas that time of year when we do our Christmas list movies. There's like eight to ten. We use a lot of like Rambo and Die Hard because technically those <laughs> are Christmas movies. In, yeah. yeah. So Leave a Weapon. Well, Die easy Die with the fucking it. Whoa, yeah, whoa, have. whoa! <laughs> easy, easy now. I mean, I mean, of all people, you're the one who got us to believe in Prancer. I shouldn't have to get you to believe that Die Hard is a holiday movie. It's uh, yeah, it definitely is. Oh no, is. it is. I'm
2: just joking. <laughs> I, don't know,
1: I know, no, I know. Well, I think now is the perfect time to hop into the Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight. So today's Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight is the gentleman from the Pearl Poet Band. You can check him out on Instagram at Pearl Poet Band. And he is a Floridian art rocker, musician, talented gentleman, poet, poet. And when we put our little teaser out there, because just so you know, Rebecca, we were terrified. We never know until you show up that you're going to show up. So we, we wanted to get... A general kind of temperature of who wanted to do this but we couldn't come out to our fans and say we're going to have you because then if you didn't we would look awful and they would be so disappointed (laughs) so we put a we put a feeler out there and like the minute we dropped the lure in the water he bit hard so I'm really curious to hear what he had to say so let's kick it over and see what his uh, questions and remarks are for you
2: hi so this question is for Jessica Riggs what was it like to work with The man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Sam Elliott. And also, what was it like working with Cloris Leachman? I mean, I imagine that was pretty incredible. Um, And if I could get one more question in, how does it feel to know that, you know, 32 somewhat odd years later, you still have children, teenagers, young adults, um, middle-aged folks and even older folks that adore this film um i'm actually more into kind of like artistic movies but i just i have such an affinity for 80s films and christmas movies and this one's just really special so thanks for for being a part of it
0: gosh i mean i feel like like Sam, I had I had no idea who any of these people were. That's the truth. Like when I showed up on set, I didn't know Roadhouse or, you know, Cloris Leachman or any of these, any anyone. Um, so to me, I think that really helped because I didn't treat them any differently than I would anyone else. And they certainly didn't hold back with me. I mean, it was really, they were really authentic relationships. And Cloris, I remember she kept talking about all of her husbands and she kind of <sighs> Because in the original Prancer script, there's a whole bit that got cut from the movie where she was supposed to have like killed one of her husbands and allegedly the bones were buried in the attic where I go up and I'm like actually looking for her husband's bones. Then I find all of these Christmas ornaments instead. So this whole bit of the film. And so she kind of like teased me and made me think that she had killed at least one of her six (laughs) husbands in real life. And I thought she was awesome. I mean, I thought that she was hilarious. And, you know, we did all of those. I pretty much did... All but two of the stunts myself. So I actually ducked my head and um, rode the sled underneath the gates, and everybody was like concerned that I was going to get decapitated. And she was like hanging onto the gates, and I mean, it was it was. I'll never forget these times with them. They were they became like real family to me. And I think you know sometimes I'll be in a I don't know like on vacation with my family or remember I was honeymooning with my my husband, and people kind of look at me. And they'll look at me really long. (laughs) And my husband will kind of like elbow me. And then, and sometimes they'll be like, we know each other. It's like, do we go to high school together? Or like, I know you. And it's always kind of awkward for me because I I don't want to be like, well, did you see the Christmas movie Prancer? Because a lot of the time that's not it. You know, sometimes it's not. But then when it is... You know, they like, (laughs) oh, here's a good one. So I was driving home to Vermont for Christmas and it was Christmas Eve and I was driving home. I was living in New York City at the time and I was driving home and I had to pull over for gas and it was 1130 at night, Christmas Eve. I pull into this gas station and I go into the gas station. This is like upstate New York, up upstate New York, not like upstate New York, but like the real upstate New York. And um. And I remember I went in there and the guy at the cast register was kind of like, oh, you that's funny. You, you know, I was watching this like really cheesy Christmas movie. <laughs> last night. night. <laughs> so he was kind of like downplaying it. Like, you know, it was like this stupid kids thing because that's funny. You, you kind of look like that girl. And I look him square in the eye and I'm like, I'm her. <laughs> I am not joking. He jumped back like two feet. And he was like, no way. And then he started like quoting lines. He's like, he was like literally quoting verbatim lines from the movie that indicated to me that he clearly had seen it more than once. And he was, you know, somebody that really loved and identified with that movie. And I remember he like had me call up his mom on the phone, and, like woke
2: her up in the middle of the night.
0: <laughs> You know, so the people who grew up with Prancer, and I feel like I grew up with Prancer, you know, they really it was like a part of their childhood. And it's just amazing to me as a 41 year old woman that kids are still watching this movie for the first time. And, you know, there was a period of time in my young life where it was kind of scary for me to think that maybe this was going to be the biggest thing that I had ever done as an eight year old, that the height of my Impact or influence or success would be something that I had done as a child, and um, especially when I was failing in Hollywood, and I felt a lot of pressure to succeed. Um, and now, is a filmmaker having made 15 films of my own and sort of like living out this sort of legacy that I feel that Jesse would be proud of. Super proud of. I don't have that feeling anymore. (laughs) Like for me, Prancer is something that I'm so proud of. I'm so happy to share it with my kids. I'm so grateful that it continues to live on to this day. And, you know, I love that I'm somebody that can make grown men cry. Like, how cool is that?
1: (laughs) Mission accomplished. (laughs) Wonderful. Rebecca, uh, again, per our contractual obligation for me not to hold you on the show for two straight days and you, uh, your family have to put a missing person alert out. Our I want to, yeah. Every Christmas, <laughs> every Christmas we're coming back. <laughs> um, I want to thank you again uh, on behalf of both Max and I, Buzz in the Tower, our fans, the fans of Prancer. Uh, is there any story you missed, didn't get to tell? I didn't ask the right question. Anything you want to throw in there before we wrap? And uh, and feel free, go as hard to the right or left as you want. Max and I have a tendency, like I said, to be all over the map.
0: Oh, gosh. I mean, there are so many stories. Like, I remember um, Sam Elliott and our direct, our producer, Rafael De Laurentiis, they would swear all the time. And so... <laughs> Being the plucky schemer that I am, I came up with this idea that I would charge 10 cents every time they would say a swear word and I would then go use it in the arcade.
1: You made a swear (laughs) jar for Sam Elliott.
0: Yes. And actually that arcade is where I learned how to drive, by the way, which is why I've got such great driving skills, (laughs) you know, like the arcade game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I remember one night, one of the cast members' husbands had gotten arrested and they had to, the crew had to go bail him out of jail. And I remember I showed up at breakfast with my little swear jar and I remember they were just like in, they were just like swearing up a storm. So I was like sitting, I got right in there between Sam and Raphaella and all the people and I was like, oh, 10 cents 10. and then I, I decided to up my money actually to 25 cents per swear that morning because they were really going at it. And then Raphaella, she took out a $100 bill and she laid it down on the table and she was like, go away. So I, I took my 100 and I went off to the Arcade it was it was pretty awesome, and actually, one other crazy story was one night, Raffaella. She, I mean, this was the eighties, so every all of the crew was smoking cigarettes, and so in my room at the Holiday Inn in Laporte, Indiana, was right next to <laughs> her room at the Holiday Inn in Laporte, Indiana, and she fell asleep in bed smoking her cigarette. Oh wow! And the bed caught on fire. And oh wow! Phone caught on fire, and I remember. I was so tired because we had just been – we were working six-day weeks, and I was just so exhausted. I didn't even wake up. And oh my God. The, the sprinkler system was going off. Like, there was smoke, you know, above my head. Oh, and wow. And it was, like, it, full on fire. Yeah. And I remember actually getting – my mom pulled me out of bed and – um, I remember kind of waking up in the hallway and we were crawling because there was only about two feet of oxygen on the floor and then the rest was smoke. And I remember seeing these giant boots oh coming gosh. and they picked me up and they carried me out to the lobby and everybody was out there in their pajamas in the lobby. And then I remember the next day um, going into the production office. It was a Saturday. I'm sorry, it was a Sunday. It was our one day off. And I ran into the production office and I went and I jumped on Raffaella's desk. Because I, I just loved her. And I said, Rafi, did you see the fire last night? And she was smoking a cigarette and she's holding a cigarette in her mouth. And she, she goes, darling, and she took a drag from the cigarette and then she blew it out. She goes, I started the fire. <laughs> I will never forget that. And I remember oh. she was just, like so powerful, like this woman who was like behind the whole making of this film. And she really is somebody that I consider a mentor who helped put me on this path of, wow. of producing movies. Unbelievable. So I'll never forget that.
1: That's yeah. incredible. That's incredible. <laughs> well, Rebecca, gosh, I mean, this has been such a blast for us. I hope you had a fun time. I know like it's uh, I know you got a lot going on, a lot of projects you're working on. And then obviously two little projects, called your kids and those are full time yeah. too. So um we're so unbelievably humbled that you joined us today and we had so much fun with you and we hope this is not the last time that we have you on. We would we have an open door for you anytime you want to come on here and then let us know any projects you're working on that we can push. Our fans are your fans. Like the people that love oh. Buzz in the Tower, or the people that love Prancer, or the people that love Jesse Riggs, or the people that love Rebecca Tikel, <laughs> not Tickle Tikel. I always remember that <laughs> from now on. And uh do but you We'll
0: have to do a, a Prancer watching party sometime. Oh, uh, uh,
1: definitely prancer done. Done. Like, Director's like, commentary. Absolutely yeah. done. Well, yes.
0: I'm not the director, so I'm, I'm you know, but I'll tell I, I, you. I'll get
1: a different wig. I'll be the director. It's all right. Don't worry about it. <laughs>
0: that would be super fun.
1: Unbelievable. Max, any closing words as we wrap the show? I want a picture of the yellow jacket. You want a picture of the yellow jacket? There you go. <laughs> um, you got it. I, I have no closing words other than I am a 42 year old Jewish man who believes in Christmas because of you. So just know that. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank, thank you. you so much. And uh, Max, I'll see you next week. And Rebecca will probably be showing up outside of your farm anytime in the future. Now that we're best friends, we'll be seeing a lot yeah, of each other. I'll yeah. put you
0: to work. We'll go pick some avocados. Done.
1: Together. Max okay. has got strong hands. He's worked, working in the yard. No, he's, he's a firefighter. You I am do. a firefighter, but that doesn't mean I have strong hands. Really? So. Yeah, yeah, I am. Yep. Thank that's, you. Oh, oh my thank gosh. you. He thank just you. got promoted to lieutenant.
0: Stop it. Jesus wow. He you know, we, we survived the Thomas fire here. And so, you know, after you go through something like that, you have a a whole new respect for that kind of work and i'm just you know, on behalf of all of the people whose houses and lives you've saved thank
1: you so, well so i appreciate you. it thank you very much and uh you have uh started the fire of joy in my heart no I no that's that's bad. Bad. It, it was that's always bad. burning it was,
2: <laughs> it was yeah it was
1: it was good until on that note have a great night folks
0: <laughs> good night